Welcome to my final episode of my Christmas holiday archetype series. I have really enjoyed doing this podcast and am so sad to see it ending, but I feel that I have gotten a lot out of this. The Today, I will be watching two movies of completely different origins and well, they're two movies that I feel are the most Christmassy of all. First, The Gremlins, which is almost never, I never have thought of it as a Christmas movie. I actually, this is the first time I had watched it, which was kind of surprising. And the second movie is It's a Wonderful Life. Now, this movie is definitely one of my favorites and it was the first time I had seen it in color in the past I'd always seen it black and white and it was so good to watch in color so my final episode I am I have decided to record with my best friend and comedic relief Izzy and we're gonna be talking about the movie Gremlins Gremlins is a comedy horror movie based around Christmas time. I wouldn't even go as far as to say it's completely a Christmas movie. It's just Christmas time, which is why it makes it one of my favorites. So, Izzy, before we get into the whole movie, can you tell us something, like, can you tell us what the three rules for gremlins are so that they understand, like, the concept of them? Uh, don't expose them to bright light, water, or to feed them after midnight. All right, so these rules come in very important and what happens if you do any of these things um if you feed them after midnight i believe they turn evil yeah into their gremlin form because they start as mogwai Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and if you let them be exposed to water they multiply and get worse yeah and then when they're exposed to bright light um oh she forgets every time (laughs) They die. They're killed Um, when they're shown bright lights. (laughs) Specifically the sun. Anyways, let's get into the story. So, it starts out with an inventor dad who sucks at inventing, trying to get his son a Christmas present. And he finds this store in Chinatown that sells the Mogwai, and he only has one of them. And he, the store owner, doesn't want to give him the Mogwai, but his grandchild sneaks it out for him because they need the money. And he brings it home to his son, who's really excited, right? And um, they basically, like, he loves the guy, but then finds out what happens when any of these things happen. And basically the gremlins take over the town, like you'd expect from a Christmas movie. (laughs) And, um, they just completely, completely destroy the whole place. They actually kill a few people in the process. And, um, just 
overall do terrible things. In the end, they are destroyed, but they are, it is, takes a while and they blow up a few buildings. So, um, yeah, what, like, I'm trying to think of a good archetype for this one because it is so, like, different from any of the others that I've looked at so far. Um, Izzy, maybe you can help me out with this. I think it's either the quest, which it could be, or overcoming the monster. Do you have any opinion on this? Uh, I believe it might be overcoming the monster. So, yeah, I think you might be right on that, because overcoming the monster is about exactly what it says, or it can be, like, like, um, mental, so, like, mentally overcoming the monster, or physically just overcoming the monster. (laughs) So, we take this all into account. He first overcomes all of the gremlins that are attacking the city, the kid, and then also overcomes the monster inside his head, and and his dad overcomes the monster of, like, inventing. And so, I definitely agree. This is, yeah. So, thank you so much for coming on, Izzy. It was really nice to have you. Thank Um, you for having me. It was so nice. All right, let's get to the next interview. Because it's my final episode, I wanted to invite my mom on here to talk about It's a Wonderful Life with me because she's watched so many of these movies with me herself. Hi, Mom. How are you? Hi, Gabby. I'm great. How are you? I'm great. So let's talk about how this movie goes. It starts off with our guardian angel, Clarence, talking to... um two stars about getting his wings and to do that he has to go down to earth what does he what like what do they show him first so they show him george bailey's life and it's the first half of the movie and during that first half they clarence sees as george bailey moves through the major points of his life where he could have pivoted from one circumstance to another and instead he and circumstance after circumstance after circumstance demonstrates that he's a really good guy but also that he has these grand dreams and ambitions and he is kept from them over and over and over and so we see that he dreams of traveling and making um having a big job that makes big impact on cities and instead circumstances dictate repeatedly that he stay in Bedford Falls and work the savings and loan that his dad and uncle started. Yeah. So what are one of the, what's one example of one of these life pivoting events? So one of my I think one of the ones that I think is most fascinating as a viewer, is when he is a young person. He looks like he's maybe 12 or 13. He's working in the pharmacy. And it's also where we first meet Mary. But the the moment that's so pivotal is that the pharmacist, who's very sad and drunk because his son has just died, 
tells George to go deliver some medication to a local family where the son has diphtheria. And George catches that the pharmacist has misfilled that prescription and has put poison into pills that would that are supposed to be just pharmaceutical pills. And he he doesn't know what to do. He runs to talk to his dad. That's where we meet Potter. His dad can't help him, so he goes back and ins- he doesn't deliver the medication. He goes back, gets hit, and like his ear gets bloodied by the pharmacist, but then the pharmacist realizes that George saved him. And we find out later in the movie that that was a really, really important moment for both George and the pharmacist, who's named Mr. Grower. Grower. So I just love that moment because it shows that his character was part of him even when he was very young. Yeah, I really love that moment too. Um, So after all of these life-changing events happen, he's at this really low point at like he's it's Christmas Eve and he's lost $8,000, which was like, it's still a lot, but it was way more at the point when they were like supposed to be like making this movie right right so he's at this really low point and he's gonna go jump off a bridge and it's really scary and Clarence this is when Clarence comes in and decides I've got to go save this guy he's and he flies in and he jumps this is one of my favorite scenes. He jumps off of the bridge to save um, him from not, from, like, jumping off the bridge himself. And then he saves Clarence and realizes it would have been a bad decision. And he is taken through all of these things. He wishes that he had never been born. And he's shown all of these things, like we mentioned earlier, all of these life-changing events that happened because of him that would ha- wouldn't have happened if he wasn't there. So, like, he has, like, the one that we, that my mom mentioned earlier, how he would, um, Mr. Grower would have been in jail for poisoning and killing a kid, but he's not because, but in the original reality, he isn't in jail because he had saved him. And he realizes he's really important, and he wishes that he was back in his old life, right? Yeah, and it's, I think it's a really interesting it's a really interesting construct because, like, we also watched um, A Christmas Carol together, right? Mm-hmm. And in that movie, which is much older, this, I mean, Dickens wrote that, and so it's much, much older than um, It's a Wonderful Life. But it's a, it's a similar construct because in A Christmas Carol, Scrooge is taken out of his current moment and given the opportunity to like float above his own life and see it in in all of these different parts, right? The past, the present, the future. And George Bailey isn't given that same power. He's not taken out of his life. He's put back into a life but he, where he doesn't exist. And so 
it's it's weird because there's not a ton of movies that do that, but here are two really famous Christmas movies that do it. And I don't I I mean I don't know exactly why that's the case, but it's almost as if the filmmakers were asking us or the writers, I guess, because Dickens wasn't a filmmaker, but are asking us to reflect on how we make an impact on the world around Christmas time. And um but yeah, so George Bailey is given the opportunity to see what the world would be like without him in it. And you can't, like as a viewer, you can't watch that and then not wonder what the world would be like if you weren't in it. And it's it's pretty powerful. I know. I Yeah, as soon as that part happened, I was actually wondering myself, like, what would it be like without me in the world? And it was just so strange to think about. And when he his wish was um like granted and he went home back to his family he first is goes home and finds everything's the way it was he's very happy he it's kind of like you realize how good your life was after you like aren't in it anymore and so um he, and then the most amazing thing happens, he was supposed to be arrested, but then the guy who wanted to arrest him tears his arrest warrant up, and the whole town, because he's such a good person, gives him the money he lost, right? Yeah, he ends up with even more money, too, than he lost. Mm-hmm. And really, it's important to point out, he didn't ever lose the money, his it uncle was his did. uncle who lost the money. He was going to take the take the blame for it because he's just that kind of person, but it wasn't really him. Yeah. But I think this movie definitely falled under rebirth because he is at a really low point in his life and then he's shown all of these amazing or terrible things that have happened or wouldn't have happened if he wasn't part of life and he's reborn and sees the world in a whole new light do you agree with that or well yeah I mean the rebirth archetype is the idea that somebody's taken the protagonist for whatever reason ends up in a really dark place Mm -hmm. almost close to death right that's where the whole rebirth part comes from so they're almost dead and or their life is almost over or the world as they know it is almost over and that is literally what happens in it's a wonderful life he's he's on the verge he's seconds away from killing himself and then Clarence comes along and it gives him an opportunity to be reborn by realizing his own significance I, I do think that's a good archetypal fit it's also you could also make an argument that it's a voyage and a return story um, because he he has to go somewhere else, like into literally another reality, and experience all like have all of the, you know, dangers and mishaps that come with that archetypal story. But I think I think you're right. I think at the end of the day, rebirth is the best fit. Thank you. Um, so that was me and my mom talking about a wonderful life. Thank you so much for joining me on my last episode of 
talking about the movies. Next episode, I will be actually going over all of the movies and how, what the actual final archetype for Christmas movies is in total. Thank you so much.